that. Let's, uh, let's turn in the Old Testament, um, back toward the beginning of the Bible, to the book of Ruth. So you have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, that's five books of Moses, then Joshua and Judges, and since Ruth takes place during the time of the Judges, then the next book in, in the way we've, we have it organized is the book of Ruth. And our scripture is the fourth chapter. Uh, so that's, uh, that's 22 verses, so consider that um, if you're making a decision about uh, standing or not. But if, if it is appropriate for you to stand, let's, let's stand as I read the very Word of God, holy inspired, inerrant, infallible Word of God. Hear God's Word from the book of Ruth, chapter 4. Now Boaz went up to the gate and sat down there. And behold, the close relative of whom Boaz spoke was passing by. So he he said, turn aside, friend, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. He took ten men of the elders of the city and said, sit down here. So they sat down. Then he said to the closest relative, Naomi, who has come back from the land of Moab, has to sell the piece of property which belonged to our brother Elimelech. So I thought to inform you, saying, buy it before those who are sitting here and before the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if not, tell me that I may know, for there is no one but you to redeem it. And I am after you. And he said, I will redeem it. Then Boaz said, On the day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you must also acquire Ruth the Moabitess, the widow of the deceased, in order to raise up the name of the deceased on his inheritance. The closest relative said, I cannot redeem it for myself because I would jeopardize my own inheritance. Redeem it for yourself. You may have my right of redemption for I cannot redeem it. Now this was the custom in former times in Israel concerning the redemption and the exchange of land to confirm any matter. A man removed his sandal and gave it to another. And this was the manner of attestation in Israel. So the closest relatives said to Boaz, Buy it for yourself. And he removed his sandal. Then Boaz said to the elders and all the people, You are witnesses today that I have bought from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to Elimelech and all that belonged to Kilion and Malon. Moreover, I have acquired Ruth, the Moabitess, the widow of Malon, to be my wife in order to raise up the name of the deceased on his inheritance, so that the name of the deceased will not be cut off from his brothers or from the court of his birthplace. You are witnesses today. All the people who were in the court and the elders said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home 
like Rachel and Leah, both of whom built the house of Israel. And may you achieve wealth in Ephrathah and become famous in Bethlehem. Moreover, may your, ha- your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah through the offspring which the Lord will give you by this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife, and he went into her. And the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed is the Lord who has not left you without a redeemer today. And may his name become famous in Israel. May he also be to you a restorer of life and a sustainer of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you and is better to you than seven sons has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him in her lap and became his nurse. The neighbor women gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. So they named him Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now these are the generations of Perez. To Perez was born Hezron, and to Hezron was born Ram, and to Ram, Amenadab, and to Amenadab was born Nashon, and to Nashon, Salmon, and to Salmon was born Boaz, and to Boaz, Obed, and to Obed was born Jesse, and to Jesse, David. So far, God's word. Please be seated. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the whole Bible. We thank you for this beautiful story, a portion of which we have read this morning. We thank you that the whole Bible points us forward to Jesus, points us to Jesus, and specifically points us to Jesus as our Redeemer, as revealed here in this part. Father, we pray that you would bless our meditation upon it, We pray that you would use the Scripture itself by the power of the Holy Spirit to change us and to focus us and our lives upon the Savior. In his name we pray. Amen. Our great kinsman redeemer. If you have the outline there, uh, you'll have... uh, a picture that you can you can color in, and if uh, for the children, if uh, just to review who those people are, it's a, it, the 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 concept I think is a great concept for the picture. They don't look very Jewish, but um, but uh, they are, and of course she's not. She comes. She's uh, uh, Ruth is descended from uh, from Lot, from Abraham, and from Lot um, uh, from Moab. Uh, but you have to the the man the man there is Boaz, and he functions. Uh, children, uh, you can focus on this that he 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 is the redeemer for this family. That's also said of the baby in the arms of Naomi. So uh, the, the the lady sitting down there is supposed to have white hair. If you color it in, uh, she is she's older and she has her grandson in her lap. His name is Obed, and is the grandfather of King David. And then the lady between the two is Ruth. 
uh, who came from a non-biblical, non, non-believing culture, uh, from a terrible culture at that time, very, very involved in idol worship, the culture was, but, but due to Elimelech and to Naomi, uh, and especially, I think, to Naomi, her testimony, she has become a fearer of God Almighty and now is becoming some uh, becoming a woman through whom Jesus would eventually be born, both David and, and then Jesus. Uh, so uh, that's a, it's a pretty good summary just right there. The message this morning is really um, fairly simple. As we, as we work on Ruth chapter 4, we will be working on a parallel. If, if you're going to be preaching on David, you have David as a king and Jesus as the greater David, the greater king. If you're going to be preaching on Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets, you'll be preaching on Elijah declaring the word of God, a prophet of God. And you'll be preaching on Jesus as a greater prophet, as the greater Elijah or Jeremiah or Hosea or Malachi or whomever you choose. Same thing for Aaron the priest, the greater high priest. That's, that's a large part of what Hebrews is about. Well, this is about a redeemer. This is about a redeemer. Boaz is the kinsman redeemer for Naomi and Ruth, and then for their family. Boaz is a picture of Jesus, who is our great kinsman redeemer. The word here is goel, so it's G-O-E-L, but if, I guess if you took the word for a basketball goal, G-O-A-L, and you made it two syllables instead of saying goal. You made, and you changed the, uh, you, you, you say go, and then for the, the A-L, you make it a long A. Go-A-L, when you pronounce that, that's what this word is. And it means someone who is related to you, and someone because of his relation to you, as, as Christ is our elder brother, uh, who's someone who's, and for him it's his choice to be related to us. But because of that relationship, he has responsibilities to take care of us. Boaz and the other man had responsibilities to take care of Naomi and Ruth because they were kin to Naomi's dead husband, Elimelech. It's very family-oriented and it's a, it's a matter of putting yourself out to take on the responsibilities for a loved one, a relative who cannot handle a tough situation. Well, let's, let's, look, let's first look at Ruth and Naomi's great needs. Ru- Naomi and Elimelech had left Bethlehem. It, it, the first part of Ruth, I hope you know this, is very ironic. They run out of bread. Or in the Old Testament, of course, bread, bread means food. They run out of food in a town that's called the house of bread. Beth is house, Lechem is bread, house of bread. They leave this place in this country that's blessed by God in in a covenant relationship and they went away from town 
across the Jordan River and into enemy territory, into Moab. Naomi had three men in her life, her husband Elimelech and her two sons, Malon and Kilion. After being in Moab for 10 years, Malon and Kilion had brought two girls into the family, Orpah and Ruth, but then all three men had died within 10 years. So Naomi's destitute. So she goes back to Bethlehem, the house of bread. She has heard that the Lord has visited his people, has heard prayers, and has provided bread in the house of bread. Ruth, amazingly, goes with her. And hopefully you know a lot about that discussion and her commitment, which is very parallel to a commitment a husband makes to a wife and a wife makes to a husband. Orpah returns to her people in Moab. But Ruth has become a believer in Jehovah through the life and words of Naomi, at least. Probably Elimelech had become destitute before they left Bethlehem and probably had to choose between going into bondage, selling himself and his family into bondage, or leaving the country. So they left the country. Uh, there's a lot about the details there that, that are not explained, and you have to guess at some of them. But he certainly had problems and went to Moab. When, when Naomi comes back with Ruth, she has a right of redemption. But she doesn't have a way to redeem it. And so she has to depend upon a kinsman, according to Israeli law, the law of Israel, a kinsman who would step in and do what she couldn't do for herself, a redeemer. He's, he's called different things. NIV calls him a kinsman redeemer, and I believe that's the best, the best translation. Um, this law was invented by a God who is zealous to preserve families and provided a kinsman or a, a, a redeemer, a relative, to step in and sacrificially to redeem the property. The ESV calls him a redeemer. King James, a kinsman. NASB, close relative. New Living Translation, a family redeemer. RSV, next of kin. And the, the word that this Goel word is based on, the verb, means this, to redeem. And it's used of God. It's used with God as a subject, implying a personal relationship uh, to redeem individuals from death, to redeem orphans, to redeem Israel from Egyptian bondage, to redeem Israel from exile. Yahweh, Jehovah, God, is our Redeemer. So what about Naomi's and Ruth's problems? They, they were destitute. They were in great need. Boaz had already provided grain that Ruth had been able to glean. And then he'd given her much more as she came to ask for his protection uh, at, the, at the night of, on the threshing floor. Some estimate that he gave her 80 pounds of grain to take home that night. But he'd already provided for short-term 
food, but he was willing to do more. Who was Boaz, their kinsman redeemer? He loved. He loved people who were in trouble. He loved these, this widow and daughter-in-law of his relative, Elimelech. That's, that's reaching pretty well, but it's, it's exactly what God planned in his laws, that you would find somebody who would be kin to somebody who died like Elimelech and provide for them. He initiated. Boaz initiated. Boaz acted. He acted in accordance with the law. You see the parallels with Jesus? Jesus initiated your salvation, being your redeemer. He, he acted. He acted in accordance with the law. Somebody had to pay for your sins. Boaz sacrificed. He jeopardized his own inheritance for the love of the family. The other man did not. He is not named. He is known as the no-name. My Hebrew professor said, I thought he made this up, but I've read it two more places now, so I don't know whether he made it up or not, and he's in glory now, and I can't ask him. But he said the best translation for the, the nearest kinsman, which says, sit down, friend, is really so-and-so. Poloni Almoni. It's sort of a funny way. That's the Hebrew. So, sit down, so-and-so. And at the same place where Boaz, through Ruth, is brought into the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew, we still don't know the name of the other guy who was not willing to sacrifice and refused to be a redeemer. But Boaz stood up and did it just as Jesus has done it for you and me. He went to court, and he followed the decision of the court. Jesus went to court and, and followed the decision of the court. You're guilty because you have come to redeem those people out there who cannot help themselves. And therefore, you have to be sacrificed. It's a parallel. Boaz is the great kinsman redeemer is for, for Naomi and Ruth. And Jesus is our great kinsman redeemer. Jesus, our great kinsman, he's the second Adam. He's the head of your family by grace. He replaces the first Adam who was head of your family by ordinary generation. You are directly kin genetically to Adam. And by the way, this is a little bit of an aside. But within evangelicalism right now, we have people specifically from somebody who's a professor at a medical school in St. Louis, we have people saying that we are not genetically related to Adam, but we are because of the way, the way things work out as you go out and come back, that by the time Jesus was born, that probably we were related genealogically to Adam. That's probably way too complicated. But don't listen to the fellow. <laughs> you are genetically, he is your representative. He, he is your kinsman and he failed you. And so you need some, so he's your so-and-so. <laughs> he, he, uh, we do know his name, but he failed. Um, but he has a replacement. Where the court looks at Adam and said, can you provide righteousness? The court says, no, 
No, he's, he's condemned. Is there any kinsman out there who can take Adam's place? Is there any redeemer who can redeem this situation? This pretty hopeless situation of Adam and Eve's rebellion, and we've all been doing the same thing ever since. And in the court walks the redeemer. Jesus says, I'll redeem. It will cost me. I will pay the cost. I am able to pay the cost. I initiate because I love them in spite of who they are. I love every one of them who comes in my name. And I give myself freely. He is our kinsman. He is the one who said, I will be their elder brother. I will take their place. And they will be redeemed. It's sort of like... Three steps in Bethlehem, your great redeemer, Boaz, David, and Jesus. Come to Bethlehem and see him who stood for right and truth. Come behold your kinsman as he redeemed Naomi and Ruth. Come to Bethlehem and see Obed, Jesse, and the king from whose, who from Judah's stump his line would securely one day spring. So, so look at Boaz, look at David, both from Bethlehem. Was there anybody else from Bethlehem? Come to Bethlehem and see him whose birth the angels sing. Come adore on bended knee, Christ the Lord, the newborn king. He is your great redeemer. He is your great provider. He knows your needs. If you needed grain, he'd give you grain. If you needed property to be, property be brought, brought back into the, the family, he'd do that. Whatever He knows your needs better than you know your needs. He's happy to hear your requests. But he, is, he takes what's best for you before the Father by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you're changed by that prayer. And he provides He says in John 10, 10, I came that they may have life, that you may have life, and that you may have it abundantly. And what about the husband-wife relationship? Even that's a parallel, isn't it? He's our husband. He husbands us. He cares for us. He provides for us. He protects us. He lives with us. In fact... In reality, he lives within us. He lives within us as the body of Christ. According to Corinthians, he lives within us as individuals. He is our great husband. Our husband. We are his bride. Listen to Revelation 19. Let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Verse 9 of 19. Then he said to me, Right, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is building on what, what we find out about in the children's challenge. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the Lamb. You're the sacrifice. And you have bought the right to be the husband of this bride who is like Gomer in Hosea's life, who is like Ruth, a Moabitess, 
somebody who according to the, the law itself was never even supposed to come into the people of God. But by God's mercy and grace, he shows us, <laughs> he shows us his love as he brings her in. We're like that, and we've been brought in, and we're made part of his bride. Revelation 21, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. So do you see the parallel? Ruth and Naomi were in great need. They had no way out. They were destitute. They needed a kinsman redeemer. And he jumped right in, went through all the details, went through the court, and said before the court, I will do this thing. I will take this responsibility. The kinsman redeemer was supposed to redeem property that should be brought back into the family, family members who had sold themselves as slaves. He would be the one that if somebody killed Naomi, he would become the, the, the kinsman redeemer that would be the avenger of blood. Uh, he, he was responsible, and he took that responsibility, and Jesus did the same. He comes to, our, comes to the court and says, before his father, I'll do it. I'll be the redeemer. I will purchase this, this woman, this Gentile for most of us, but the Jewish people as well, who believe in Jesus, I purchase them as my bride. And I will live with them, I will save them, I will provide a house for them, and I will, be, I will have them with me where I am forever in glory. And I will bring them all the way to salvation. So, you're invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb when you die or when Jesus comes back. You're invited to this feast as well, which is a table to get us to think about the table that will be set later. You're the bride of the bridegroom. He is your great kinsman redeemer, and he is the one who invites you now and forever. Let's pray.